Welcome back to another episode of the Shadow Band Syndicate. I'm one Nipples! of your hosts, Juan Ariolas. How you doing today? Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Nip nips. I'm Joel so, Nipples. We had a, an incident to where somebody was trying to give a shout out and then he just butchered it, right? I mean, that's what it's I okay, do, though. man. It's the thought that counts, though, right? And I can't get names right, man. That's what it is. If they, they're gonna have to get used to that, man. I'm gonna be saying <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to look at the bottom of the uh, title of the episode so you can know what I'm talking about because I'm probably gonna say it wrong every time. Funkadelic, funk, <laughs> funkadelic, Falconelli. Welcome back. What's up, guys? How y'all been since we last spoke? Always doing good. Good, brother, man. We're having a blast. Uh, we're just doing a lot of research, dropping shows. Getting ready to drop the website in a couple weeks, so you know everything's really coming together. I uh, got a lot of new music we're working on too. Uh, Skinwalker films getting close to coming out, so that's gonna be dope. We got a full album coming out with that too, so ready to go, man. I know Sean's got a lot of music in the, in the tank too, so we've been super busy. Uh, and uh, there's gonna be a, a super private secret thing that I'm going to be hunting that i have to tell you off air what's going to go down with that <laughs> yeah some good crypto okay. shit nice well yeah we have a real life indiana jones with us today here so joel was hunting bigfoot in somewhere in the what was the west coast and then he's yep. going on another trip so that's pretty awesome bro living it up and you can find me tjojp.com where can people find you guys plug your stuff for my people over on my end. Kill the Mockingbirds podcast on Instagram. Kill the Mockingbirds on Telegram. Coming soon, killthemockingbirds.com. Sean Chris, Joel Thomas on all streaming platforms for music. You know, nice. uh, that way, you know, you could go. Wow. I just saved myself 150 bucks. <laughs> Shoo. You know what I mean? Make it easy for yourself. You know, <laughs> save that money. Yeah, that's right. Joel, you want to plug anything? No, I'm good. He already plugged it for me. Generally, that happens, so I'm pretty relaxed. Uh, nice. It's like your little homunculus, system. bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little bit bigger than a homunculus. So, you know, it looks like I ate a couple it's homunculus. A <laughs> it's a homunculus, bro. It's a homunculus. Homunculus. <laughs> all right. All right. Enough of that. So today, on the last episode we did... We did the Funkadelic Falconelli. Shadow Band Syndicate. We need to get, I'll get that done for us and I'll hit that button and then we'll <laughs> yeah. like recap the last yeah. episode. Like, like on the that. last like episode that. of the Shadow Band Syndicate, the guys talked about Falconelli. So we talked about <laughs> the Shadow Band Syndicate, Funkadelic Falconelli, and the enigma that that was, right? I mean, we kind of went back and forth. Was he a real, real guy? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he was an entity of some sort that was taking over people. Right. So check that out. And then the first one before that, we did Ascension Technology. So that, that's also. And on the third one today, we're going to be talking about one of the subjects that I that honestly I first got into when I started doing podcasting, because it is one of these other enigmatic subjects that is up for debate, hot debate, and people go crazy with it. And it's going to be the Nephilim. So we're going to start. I want to start out with first, like the vanilla basic we keep idea, you know, Wikipedia page type of stuff. Cause that's where people who, how Sean was saying before we start recording, when you Google alchemy or when you Google Falconelli or when you Google any of these subjects, you're going to get some stuff that's kind of, I mean, it's pretty basic. 
it's going to kind of sort of tell you just the tip, but it's not really going to get into the deep stuff. And I always tell people, you got to go digging for the deep stuff. You got to go for the cool stuff. You got to go digging. So Joel has a presentation for us today because he is a Nephilim expert, a Nephil Nephilimologist. Welcome, <laughs> sir. Yeah, man, I absolutely love Nephilim. I, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've really just been a giant since I was a kid, and I was just like the idea of giants and i think when i started getting the conspiracy world uh it really resonated with me and me coming from a biblical background and just loving how that's a huge part of it even though most of the people that are in the bible don't even know that it's there and it's all through it too it's you know people point to a couple verses which we'll, we'll be reading some verses today but uh they point to a couple verses where the word nephilim's used and we'll even talk about where that word originated We'll talk about how the Raphaim originated as well. So we'll get into a little bit of that. But I, I do want to kind of break down for some people that might not know what the Nephilim are, their physical traits, and where they came from. We'll kind of get into that to start with. And then we'll kind of break into how it's become popular in mainstream and even pop culture. And then we'll go deep diving uh, the rest of the episode. Um, but the Nephilim... Um, were said to have six fingers and six toes. That was one of their big traits. That's talked about all through the Bible. Uh, when I went to go look at the petroglyphs out in Utah, the Native Americans had drawn them on the side, or maybe even giants had drawn them on the side of these uh, canyon walls with six fingers, which was really crazy. Um, they're also said to have double rows of teeth. So they've got, you know, a set of teeth in the front and then they've got a whole nother row behind it so they're you got to understand their jaws were huge uh like attack you know, on titan is that like he, something like that right absolutely yeah if you're thinking about attack on titan which is probably one of my favorite animes that's out there yeah very similar to that and i think they were i think the titans were constructed on that show um from nephilim lore to be honest with you um even though i think that they're how they're created is obviously vastly different um, and that. to tell people too, like Nephilim is different from fallen angels. I think people get like confused. Like I, I didn't know that much about Nephilim until I met you, Joel. You know, you you gave me mm -hmm. crash course. But I think a lot of people fall into like, hey, fallen angels, Nephilim, same thing. And Nephilim are more of the hybrid of the fallen angels and man, correct? Correct. So, and we're gonna get into that here with a couple of the Bible verses, so people understand where the word Nephilim comes from. So it starts in Genesis six. Um, it says, when man began to multiply on the face of the land, the daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any that they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later, too, how there was a cap life on the Nephilim, because that's why he did that. And then it says in verse four, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. So these were the giants. Um, so, yeah, the sons of. So the sons of God, when it's broke down in the Hebrew, it's actually talking about angelic beings. Right. So these aren't men. That's not what these are. These were the fallen angels, the fallen ones, the one third of the angels that left with 
Lucifer or Abaddon or whatever name you want to use biblically uh, for Satan uh, when they left. So there was a contingent. Uh, I know the book of Enoch talks about like 300. There's a contingent of them. That, and it's said to happen on Mount Hermon, by the way, too, where they took these daughters of men, they had sex with them, and from these women were born giants. Now, these first set were supposed to be absolutely ridiculous, right? These are the ones that you hear about that were in the 30 to 40 foot range. These are the original ones. So they uh, they were considered gods as well. So, you know, when they walk the earth and you're looking at something that's 30 feet tall or, you know, even if it was 15, 20 feet tall, you, mm -hmm. it, it's ridiculous, right? And they're super quick, super fast. They had a lot of traits uh, like their fathers, some were said to even be able to shape shift, which is really crazy too. So that's even in a whole different spectrum of what they could be able to do. Um, but back to their, their physiology, um, their ratio was also a two to one build. So if you know anything about human beings, we're at a three to one build, which means that our height to width ratio is three to one, which means our we're taller and not, and not and again this is this is not everybody but this is like bone density and all that too whereas nephilim were two to one so for people that don't understand it say a giant was 20 feet tall that would mean two that that two to one ratio would make him 20 feet tall and 10 feet wide so they were super dense too so they were they weren't just tall and lanky and you were just talking about the titans from attack on titan like lambering around and falling all over the place no these guys were super big and thick baby they were thick they had, yeah, they had them cheeks had them when cheeks, i was looking baby. through a lot of stuff uh, they were also saying that there was a lot of uh nephilim that were not giants that were between the five nine and six foot range that there was also other like hybrids because that they were calling a lot of it like being hybrids that they were not all giants that there was actually like you know normal like human sized um different nephilim so it's not just the giants from what i was reading and stuff you know so the wrong. way I, I the way i understood it and this is how i was introduced to it was and real quick the the we keep idea definition of the nephilim right to to base the, all of this off of that we've all that, that joel's already covered are mysterious beings or people in the Hebrew Bible who are described as being large and strong. The word Nephilim is loosely translated as giants in most translations of the Hebrew Bible, but left untranslated in others. So the way I was introduced to this topic was that there was the Elohim, which were the hybrids. So like think of like Hercules, half man, uh, so demigods, right? Then there was the Nephilim, which were the giants. And then you had the Watchers, which were these angels that were watching over humanity and then they were like damn you know they look good right cheeks they went down there inserted themselves and then that's how that's how, that's the way i understood it from the beginning but then we have like these different attributes how you're saying these different hierarchies and mount Hermon, real quick is on the 33rd parallel it's also one of the places that's seen as this place of it's tied into various religions like, oh, this is where they came down or this is where they ascended from, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's funny you brought up the uh, Elohim. So Elohim in Hebrew can mean a lot of different things. There's even a verse in Psalms 82.1 where it says Elohim, which in the singular 
form actually means Yahweh or God. So it was actually used in that form too. So it says Elohim judge the Elohim, which if in the plural, it said God judge the gods. Now you can take that a couple different ways. You could uh, you could talk about the divine council that there were literally other gods that are beneath Yahweh, beneath the one God, or you could say that the divine council was actually the angelic council, and you could get into angelology where you start talking about the different hierarchies of seraphim, the cherubim, the thrones, dominions, and you can go all the way down to guardian angels. But at the end of the day, um, the Elohim, um, in in the term that you're talking about, I would say that in that particular way that the Elohim would be the same thing as Nephilim. I think they were just another word for them, especially if you're talking about from Mesopotamia, because they talk about the Elu and it's translated as shining ones, which you're going to see that word come up a lot with a lot of different cultures um, when they translate the word into shining ones. Uh, but it said that it's also said that Elu it, the Elu is the basis of Elohim, which also translated the sons of God. So again, we're back to kind of like the fallen angels or whatever when it comes to this Elohim word. But that's just in the Hebrew. Again, uh, depending on who's using it, it could be uh, used differently. I, I think to me, like the first level of these giants that came um, were the Nephilim. That's what I consider the Nephilim. Now, I know some people like to use word Raphaim, and we're going to get into what that means after a little bit too. Uh, but I, I tend to use that for the giants that came after the flood, after the deluge, because I think they were uh, just a little more deluded. They weren't these, these massive giants that you saw from before the flood. Uh, so yeah, as far as the Elohim goes, uh, this, that's just my take on it. No, right on. And, and that's why that's where I'm going to leave the is I got a whole bunch of stuff. I, I don't want to derail us too much. And I think we could save it for the end as far as like these other outlandish ideas in, involving. Because I have some questions, but I don't want to, again, derail the conversation. So, yeah, and that's the way I learned about it through Dr. Lumpkin's work, which I've told you guys about before. Because he's written various books on the subject. And that was one of the ways I interpreted that work. And then you start getting into the the non-canonical texts that start referencing these other races, right? You have the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Nag Hammadi Library where they start to talk about, right, the Book of Giants. And I've always said that these other extracurricular books have, like, the best names you could use for, like, a band or something. It's like the, the, the end of the world. I think it was, like, at the edge of the world or something. There's, like, so many cool names that these other texts have versus, yes. like, the vanilla stuff that we have, like, the... The mainstream. I love the Book of Giants. It's a great book. As a matter of fact, there's a really cool thing. And when I get to that Book of Giants piece, there's a really cool part of the Book of Giants that actually sheds a different, I wouldn't say a different, but an expanded light on Yahweh too and how he has a far-reaching love and uh, uh, forgiveness as well, even to giants so it's pretty it's pretty telling in that book um even how that rolls too uh but yeah as far as the giants go even their brain size was three to six times that of a human uh some guys even question that they would even make modern day geniuses seem feeble so when you think about it our brains we were using 100 percent of our brains back then 
Um, as now we use what 10%. I think that's just the, the normal, what people say. We or do. they say, I kind of disagree with that. Yeah. I've always pushed back. I think that we use, I think that's just like a, pl- a plural to push us to go into another path. But yeah, I don't disagree, but I don't think we use very much of it, especially with like all the advances in technology that's like thrown at us to not use it as much too. So I think maybe that's just, uh, on our own volition that we're not using it too. So I, I, I do agree with you there too, with that, but let's just, giant wise say your brain is three to six times that of ours and we're using 100 percent of it they're using 100 percent of that also with their physical makeup being half we're talking about the originals half uh fallen angel i mean they're also tapping into a whole different set of alchemy and that's true they were kind of the first alchemist i wouldn't say the first because i consider cain and his son enoch being the first alchemist because enoch created uh hieroglyphs and was really into the occult and learned a lot from fallen angels so i think they kind of were the first with the brotherhood of the snake but i do think that giants were master alchemists i mean they even talk about the raphaim uh their body makeup was was built to move through portals uh they knew how to uh use certain incantations and certain uh sigils to quickly open portals and move in and out throughout the world which is pretty wild so uh, again this is a lot of conjecture from people that have picked from a lot of different religions and different cultures from around the world but it seems to kind of add up uh especially when i tend to believe for sure that there's portals and different dimensions and if we're talking about fallen angels or angels in general or anything spiritual um, we're talking dimensionally being able to shift and move through stuff everybody's worried about up it's not about up it's about moving through different uh dimensions and portaling is one of the easiest ways to do that i think it's a lateral movement right instead of Mm -hmm. vertical because i've heard it put that way once you achieve Right, the 33rd degree of Freemasonry, everything is lateral from there. Right. So whatever that means, again, I don't, not in any secret societies, but I know you were once part of that. I don't know if you know anything about lateral. So, I mean, that would kind of hint that towards going, right, staying kind of here, but not really type of thing, right? Like phasing in and out. Well, everything in Freemasonry is built on geometry. So it's all straight lines, right? So it's definitely mm. anytime, anytime you talk about uh, Jacob's Ladder or, you know, degrees, it's all about degrees. Everything's straight. Oh, so, I got you. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, that makes so sense. definitely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that. Um, when we're talk, also talking about giants, the physical makeup, uh, height, right? So in the book of Enoch, it said they were 300 cubits. Now I really want to break that down for people. Cause I, a lot, most people think that's a copying error because 300 cubits would be 150 yards to 450 feet tall. So again, that's a little outlandish on the side of maybe height wise. Um, generally speaking, most people think they were in that 30 to 40, uh, foot range and the reason why they think that and i'm gonna have this right here uh because in amos 2 9 it says yet destroyed i the amorite before them whose height was like the height of the cedars and he was strong as the oaks when you're talking about like the cedars of lebanon um those were around that 35 to 40 foot range on the medium height i mean they could get up to 100 feet in range um and then their trunk uh, could get to 40 to 80 feet. So that would kind of play into that two to one range um, that we talked about before. 
So yeah, you're pulling them up now. That makes a little more sense to me uh, on a range of the it's at least the first the first group. Now, Sean, I completely agree with you. Different types of nephilim because we had Gary Wayne on our show and he talked about the different ones, the different bloodlines, like the fairy bloodlines and the dragon bloodlines, and where uh, at least some version of the reptilians came from. He says they're from fallen angels. I mean, we could talk about the mating with a lot of different things and creating also DNA splicing a lot of different things too. So yeah, we talk about like fairies and gnomes and stuff. And, and a lot of people think those are products of fallen angels. So yeah, in that case, absolutely. Like I, I think you're not wrong there. And some of the stuff could be just lure too as well. Like when they're saying 40 feet or like how you were saying that they described it to be the size of a tree because that's what humans do in general, right? Like, you know, they call people skyscrapers. They'll be like, oh, he's as big as a skyscraper. Like it, that's like embellishing. Like we don't intend to do that, but using adjectives and stuff. That's why like me personally, I mean, anything could be possible, but I just really think between that 10 and 15 foot range is really where it's at. And I do think a lot wider, like I was telling you before, like more like the mountain from, uh, uh, Game of Thrones type of like really big and really tall because I think people embellish like not intentionally, but we use adjectives and things to like kind of really write it out of to how they look. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with you, but I'm going to tell you why I do agree with you maybe after the flood. Right. But I think before the flood, it was a different world. And, and I think that there have been skeletons found that were in crazy. And we're going to get to that when we start talking about skeletons found and, and different lore of people running into giants. I mean, there's even a story and this was on Wes Germer's show, Sasquatch Chronicles, where a guy was hiking uh, or hunting in uh Alaska and he was out there with his dogs and he heard something and it was a redheaded giant and he said this was in the 20 foot range and this is out in the middle of nowhere so again I'm not saying that that this is just running rampantly all over the place but I mean there I mean, has but he's been saying 20 feet but he doesn't know that that's what I'm saying like if you go and get a bunch of people that are six, ten, one, seven foot, and you tell people, and someone that never has seen other tall people, and say they're an average five two or a five five or something like that, they're gonna describe these people way taller than they actually are, right? Because yeah, they don't know. Walk by the trees, though, Sean. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like again, if it's like, towering over the trees, though, that would be over twenty feet tall. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that people exaggerate a lot. Like, I've seen they do. plenty of the, of the brain games and, where, like, if you see the old Monster Quest, like, they throw things in front of people, and people are like, that thing was, like, 20 feet wide, and it was. The balls right? on like, him, bro, were yeah. fucking huge. <laughs> so, I'm just saying I always hold it with a grain of salt. That, that Again, I don't know that I'm right. I just... From what They're I'm huge. Basing, what They're I'm basing huge, off of is what we see nowadays, right? There is people that were tall. 8 feet, 9 feet tall. So, 10 feet to 15 feet's not... You know, all that like wild. And plus, I also think that people try to have this lure of maybe that the Nephilim were superior to humans. And that's the writing that they want, like how you were talking about their brain being much bigger than humans. But like a whale's brain is much bigger than a human as well. It depends on what you mean by intellect, right? They have a different type of intellect. Maybe they could figure out certain things or their intellect was more into the earth. You know what I'm saying? So their their, their brain size doesn't necessarily make them more powerful than a human now they it, that brain size could give them why they move faster why they uh, you know maybe jump higher and, and things of that nature but it doesn't necessarily mean that they were more intelligent than us i think mm -hmm. the problem with the nephilim and you're going to see this as we break this down today though is they're very arrogant and cocky and that's why they end up failing a lot though i don't think they're necessarily smarter than humans i i just mean that <sighs> 
the brains are bigger. And I just do, I do think that they had a certain level of intelligence that, or access to certain things that humans didn't necessarily Mm -hmm. have. But that was also a trick as well, because humans that had access to God understood that they had a power as well. That was more powerful. You think about these giants, they got wiped out by the Israelites. And we're going to get into that too. I mean, we're talking about Og, how, how arrogant he was and how he got tricked. I mean, they're, they they still they still failed right they still failed over and over again so in that in that aspect I completely agree with you Sean that that's all the same just because like a a, a sperm whale's brain is twenty pounds right a human's brain is three pounds and that and it kind of reminds me of you guys seen the movie Sandlot right remember how like when they're talking about the beast the dog next door they're like all these stories of the the beast yeah. man <laughs> like killed people going crazy that's what I always say because people embellish like so I do always try to keep that little. Uh, uh, in the middle. And I do think, yeah, they're arrogant and I think they think they're more intelligent than us. Right. And I think they push that lure so that we can feel inferior, just like aliens and things of that nature, which I think aliens and angels, I really do believe that they go hand in hand. I don't, I think that's, you know, a misconception where if you believe in aliens and angels, I think they're almost the same thing, right? Like we don't really know, but on the same level. And I think that if we can like prove they want us to feel like we're inferior so so that we can't win that we're always like feeling down and out instead of like we could take these challenges on because we're like man they're giant they're 40 feet tall what are you gonna do they're just gonna step on you so i'm just that's my pushback you know yeah (laughs) drag those (laughs) drag them baby he's probably (laughs) stepping on them uh i think really what i'm trying to represent by them being intelligent though sean i don't want them to come off as these like lugging around yeah like attack on titan they weren't like that they were super smart like and it wasn't to say that humankind at that time wasn't smart too because i dude listen you're talking about the the progeny of adam like on the seth side so those those people were super smart too and soup and super connected and had an alchemical way in their own way too so that that's that's that you got to put that into perspective as well man it was just a a different way um you know because they they spoke uh god spoke through them so it was a different yeah. battle you know it was light versus dark in that element but i just wanted to say because when people think of giants they get that stupid picture of that of those disney movies yeah. of some lumbering five, giant four, around five. and it's not really like that they 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 were completely different than that man they were very, very smart they were great in battle uh, their dexterity was nuts o- over the charts. Uh, but yeah, they still got tricked and, and got hemmed up too. So, you know, they, it wasn't that they did that. They just, you know, uh, kept winning. Cause clearly, um, they're, they're not in our faces, at least on a level that's outside of, you know, a hidden level. They're not in our faces like that now. So real quick. Not to jump around, but I, I, I agree with Sean because we have these these depictions, right, of the, let's go back as far back as we know, the Anunnaki. They are bigger in these depictions and these hieroglyphs or these pictures, whatever they call them in Sumerian. The, the They're bigger. And we have also the phenomenon of the blue people in, in Egyptian hieroglyphs. And they're also very tall. And they also have... Is it a hat or is it their head is elongated? What's the what's going on there? And to jump around here, uh, right? The Bible. Do I believe everything and it happened? No. I there's also the argument that it's an alchemical text encoded in numbers, but that's a whole nother 
podcast, but let's say that everything did happen. They say that David, when he killed Goliath, was about right the year 1010 BC. And he had 30 years because well, he was 30 when he killed the giant. Well, because when I always think of Nephilim and giants in the Bible, I always think of David and Goliath. Goliath was Nephilim descent. I mean, and if you go even before that, they say that what Ham's wife, the wife of Ham on Noah's Ark was of Nephilim descent. Have you ever heard of that, Joel? I have heard of that. I don't really buy into that though. <laughs> and the reason why that I say that I say that though is because when God came to Noah and said that he was perfect in his eyes, he wasn't talking about his holiness. He was talking about his DNA. That was the whole point. They wanted to get mm. everyone on the boat whose DNA was pure because from that bloodline, Jesus came from that bloodline and he couldn't have that tainted fallen angel nephilim blood so i don't buy mm. into the fact that anybody on that arc was actually had nephilim bloodline now i do think that the nephilim show back up after the flood for sure um uh absolutely i mean it's time and time again we'll get into that because they show up a lot after the flood like you you hear about them a lot and that mm. is more in the range of what sean's talking about where you're seeing a lot of these like 10 to like 15 foot tall giants you're talking about goliath he was in that like 10 to 12 foot yeah. range mm -hmm. you know those guys are the, he was the a baby yeah yeah really was uh even his brothers you know we, we we'll get into his brothers too today but his brothers got tore up by david and and the mighty men as well because they went hunting him down so uh and and even biblically it talks about technology uh, that they didn't understand when they ran up on them. So you had a lot of that going on too. Uh, and that's biblical. That's actually in the Hebrew text. So. I, I know, but the bi the biology of it, right? Like when we talk about birthing, we've talked about with uh, Gary Wayne, like how the discussion of birthing these, it would make be more realistic of what we're saying if it was women being into the ranges of 10 to 15 because like you grow up as a baby. And we, like I said, we've actually have evidence of that, like, real recent and i'm not saying like there's not other creatures now these other giant bones that we find we don't know what these are right we don't know that these are the same nephilim we're assuming because we're finding them just like when we find any bones what they're like you know it could it could we don't know what it looks like with the skin like we talk about dinosaurs right we're we're assuming that with skin on it with, with its fur or whatever hat may have that the skeleton could be of something else i'm not saying it can i just look at it as like through the birthing way, I'm not saying even 20 feet makes sense, but like it had to be something that can grow from like a human that could come from a human body and then become this towering, which we have seen, but mainly it would be more of the eight, nine, 10, 10 range. Yeah. And you're, you're also considering that they're actually coming out the vagina. So if we're going to play this into gray aliens taking women and they're removing babies before they even get into a mm -hmm. higher gestation period so they're taking them out before it even gets to that point so if they are that big they would have already done that or they don't care about the women at all why would they care you know what i mean and like, let's take just... it a step further though joe because you mentioned something that i had never really heard before that the the nephilim were masters of alchemy well what part of the lore if you follow again, this is Freemasonic, but the watchers are the ones watching the divine alchemist at work. And obviously, you know exactly what I'm thinking, <laughs> right? They were growing these things outside of the body. And that's also Anunnaki lore as well, that they mm -hmm. take the seed of this 
almost, and they were genetic splicing and they were doing genetic experiments, which would also tie it into alchemy. Part of alchemy is this genetic experimentation of trying to create life outside of the matrix, outside of the womb, because they, they wanted to feel that power of God as well, right? Because God creates life, so let's do it ourselves as well. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that was going on, too, outside of the womb. I think you had a lot of chimera back then, too. I mean, you think about all of the uh, ancient hieroglyphics that we've seen with weird, like, dogmen, especially in Egyptian culture, and you've got... Uh, lion bodies with man faces and vice versa and you've got all that going on so yeah i think there was a lot of dna splicing and as we go with this entire episode we'll get into you know what i think could be happening now too so yeah i i think it's highly possible that these giants are super tall because if we're talking about fallen angels who have the technology and the wherewithal to know how to do it they would they could make it happen especially if we're talking about dna splicing now do i agree with you sean on your range of as we go down through history yeah but i'm talking about a little more back but then why would they get smaller though that's like why i don't understand like you know what i'm saying like if you're growing them and you're putting why would you be like oh now they can only be 10 to 15 but they used to be 40 feet now like we're ranging them you know what i mean and that's why i say a lot of the lure too because if they're so intelligent and they're growing them there has to be and they're experimenting has to be problems as well they can't all come out to these perfection pieces of like oh man i'm perfect because they're not god right like god maybe can do that but they're not god and they are well, trying you just to just answer yourself right there because if they're not god and they're not perfect then as they continually muddy the bloodline it's they're not going to be as tall they're going to get smaller and smaller that's how it's not only that would happen like the first time like when you cook a dish right when the first time you try to cook a dish you don't usually perfect it after 10 15 times you try to cook that again you you kind of got it right you and then the more after that you got it better because you know exactly what you now you don't even have to look at a recipe you know how to throw it together so the first ones would be the more the to me the bad batches of of things to happen, and there that would mean there was also unintelligent ones that would also be because why would the first ones that they come out with be like oh these ones are perfect like they got it right the first time but then the next times they didn't you know what I mean that's where I kind of see it and what I see it as is that they're trial and error I think that they focus on so this is what I'm trying to say I'm trying to say that I think they focus on certain Nephilim that were dominant that may have been maybe they were the sizes you're talking about or or they also were more intelligent but there was also a lot of dummies right there's also a lot of ones that were not as as equipped so i think that they focus on a smaller number like they do in most things in history like that doesn't mean that they didn't exist Let, let's go back i'm not saying they don't exist i'm saying i think that they focus on like all these nephilim were all powerful and all you know like almighty i think there was some dangerous ones and just like humans right there's some smarter some that move faster i think it was similar in that range that not all of them and there was dummy ones you know ones that would be easy to take down it to me, that would be like how I would see it. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm open to the possibility. I mean, I, I just don't know when you're mixing the divine spark, the gene of Isis, you know, and it, with something initially, if that's going to happen or not. Uh, <clears throat> the reason why I say like as it goes down, it, it gets muddied because the first original ones, you're talking about half and half. And after that, you're not talking about half and half anymore. You're talking about lesser and lesser and lesser percentages as you go down. That's why they get smaller. That's why I think like the 13 bloodlines, they have this 
spark of the divine. That's why they think they're better than us. Um, but they don't really look like it outside of maybe like Jacob Rothschild. He's kind of tall and he's got a big old head, man. It made me think the other day when I looked at him, I'm like, God, man, he's kind of towering over people. Like maybe he does have a little bit of that in him. That's obvious. You know what I mean? But, but that's what I'm confused on. That's what I'm confused on on the bloodline thing, right? Like we were saying, that's why I said it's different if like they're growing and 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 kind of experimenting on it, or if they're actually having the women birth them. That's why, like, I think that's what the part that kind of oh, that's a good I'm picture saying of birth, but I'm saying they're removing them, either removing them or they're killing the women through childbirth, regardless, either way. Like that original that original bunch right there for sure. I think they I think they need that actual. So, interaction but like how big do you think a baby was like a baby nephilim that turned out to be 40 feet like when he was born how big would that baby be i mean that's a that's a that's just a question who knows right we don't know so if they remove them before you know and they put them and they have them in some sort of gestating tank or whatever they use i mean at that point i mean obviously the tank would have to be super big I, i'm just saying i guess i just I'm not disagreeing with you like no I'm i know not, i'm just spitballing because i'm thinking of the idea because i was thinking also like, sean because why wouldn't they just take the egg from the woman right why would they even have to like they, they should know like what they have i to do, do think too, some of that's going you know on I mean? now for sure i know i think it's i think they've definitely and that goes to your tinkering i think they've tinkered through time i think absolutely i think maybe like the first rounds they were like yeah let's let them birth and they were just killing all the women Women, like we're running out of women to have sex with and have more you know what i mean so maybe they no, but win. how does the blood that's why i think like the bloodline get how does it thin out like it would thin oh, out you mean the, as they continually have well they're mudding it because they're they're having sex with more humans yeah, so, yeah like okay, that's what start mean, having yeah. sex with humans or as like gary wayne said like well how's that possible with like you know the males and they're so much bigger than the women well he said they had like funneling systems that they would like dump semen into or vice versa even with the women nephilim which has been sh shown on like walls and hieroglyphs all through you know south america so that would happen and that's how it would muddy down it wouldn't be yeah, yeah. muddying down from the angels i think you got that angel that divine to the woman you're getting that 50 50 you're getting that strong uh elite level is what you're getting but i think as it trickles down because these nephilim were considered gods too you it's not like you're having sex with a god you know what i mean because they kind of were at least and the angels died. had to kind of stop that right then like with the flood and everything like that that kind of like stopped them being able to intermingle with well humans, they got in trouble right? then, that yeah that's why they weren't able in the to, pit and that's what i'm saying that's why they're not able to continuously do that part and then that's how the Correct. bloodline ends up over time getting muddied absolutely gotcha. see i know some of the guys uh that are big on nephilim think that after the flood there was another incursion right they think there that there was other fallen angels that came and had sex with more women and then it started it back over again yeah. i don't know if i buy into that because of what you said i think they either went underground which there's been a lot of lore about giants coming in and out of the earth so i think they either went underground by portals or they went to another dimension until after the flood and that's how they re-emerged and then obviously as it trickles down through time you just don't have it anymore it just goes away unless they're mating yeah. with each other you know what i mean Definitely, I agree. And real quick, if you want to follow mainstream mainstream history, and if if you believe in dinosaurs, because I know some people don't, <laughs> but they got they went from big to small. You had, and not just dinosaurs, right? Dinosaurs apart. We had dragonflies and other different things that were a lot bigger back then. And it goes back to what I think Joel said, 
where it was different. I think it was a different, quite literally a different realm. It was a, it wasn't the world. Maybe perhaps it was like an elevated dimension. We don't know exactly what they're talking about in these ancient scriptures. So they could have been talking about another place. I mean, essentially, right. Or another place overlaid over ours. Who knows? But we've always been, cause I was, I always loved dinosaurs growing up as a kid. And I remember reading it, but it was like, yeah, they, they came down and they say that what the closest relative of a T-Rex is a chicken. I mean, <laughs> they went from really big to really small, if you believe that, because we know. Now, you can kind of see that, though. Like, that's a good point, because you can also see that with dogs, right? Dogs yes. are a good, uh, uh, just all the species, and they come from wolves, and then you got, like, a chihuahua to a Great Dane, right? So, yeah, I guess that I, I was just trying to more point out, I think that, like, like that, my whole thing of pushing that was I just don't think that all the Nephilim were, like, these, like, great warriors i think there's some really good ones mm. like you know probably a lot like and I'm, i don't mean like five i mean like there's probably like thousands like but i'm saying that there's also usually a counter you know side there's no there's yeah. always a drunk uncle bro there's gotta be the, the, the drunk uncle <laughs> listen and i'm gonna say something that's very controversial especially in like the quote-unquote christian world i think there could have been some nephilim and giants that flip sides and i think that the book of giants actually plays into that and i'm gonna pull up the pull this up real quick like formed an alliance or something or like hey, i, I think like i think guys. it could have happened though because the you know it's just something that i really started banging around like the past six months about giants and and if you know you know i believe you know in christ and i believe in god and i believe in redemption right so God has always been very open to giving anyone redemption. It was never like a off the table thing for anybody. Um, and I think that, uh, he, I mean, how many times, how many shots is he given, you know, Lucifer? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, seriously, when you think about it, and we don't even know how many times before, you know, uh, pre-edemic times when you had like the the angel civilizations on earth. And I think that's when you probably had like your, uh, uh, all, all of your other, realms that we talk about maybe what you were just talking about too juan um but yeah so this it's really the last one of the last pieces and if anybody knows anything about the book of giants it's just a bunch of pieces it's not really um it's fragments because it was the dead sea scrolls and they found a bunch of fragments and they had to try to put them together so there's actually words missing in these paragraphs when you're trying to read them so but it's one of the last fragments, and this is after, uh, so I can break down the story a little bit. So Mawe was, uh, he was a he was a giant, he was considered a titan, and he was the son of uh, Barakal. And he gets this vision where he sees a tablet immersed in water, and all but three names are left after it's like basically buried in this water. And he doesn't know what's going on, but he knows there's a flood coming. And he understands that the names represent Noah and his family. So he starts going to Gilgamesh. He goes to Ohe, who are other giants. And they start talking. Well, they start having the same type of visions. And so this is kind of how integral, like, Enoch was back then. Like, how, you know, they knew he walked with God. So even the giants were like, hey, we got to reach out to Enoch. Holla at him, see what's going on, man. So maybe he can help us decipher this a little bit. So they go to him because they don't want to die. They know they're about to die. So Enoch basically gives them a tablet that breaks down um, what 
is going to happen to them because of all their sins, because of all the the awful things that they've done to um, people on the earth, uh, their fathers, uh, like Shimhazah, who's one of the the uh, fallen angels too. He actually literally talks about him in that in that piece of the tablet. Uh, he also talks about Raphael coming before the destruction. Um, but he actually says, um, let's see if I can find it. Uh, yeah, he says, but now loosen your bonds that's binding you to evil and pray. So he actually tells them that they can pray for redemption if they want. And that's to. a mistranslation, Joel, because instead of bonds, it's supposed to be loosen your cheeks. I thought I said bonds at first. I thought he said loosen your bonds. I was thinking he said loosen your bonds. I was like, damn, man. This shit goes way back. It's biblical. It's biblical, baby. I was about to say the same thing I heard. Loosen your buns, bro. Loosen your buns, bro. I mean, bro, even was, Enoch in, in was the talking book of about they need to loosen up them cheeks. Exactly, in the bro. Book of Giants. Exactly. Damn, bro. I, I agree with you though, Joe, because if they're if they're a human hybrid, that means they also have empathy too, right? So they can feel like, hey man, this I'm doing the wrong thing. Just like some can take it and the power is like great to them, like, oh, I love this power and I want to rule the whole world. So definitely I could see that mm -hmm. if there's gonna be an evil one, there's gonna be a good one too that's going to like kind of realize, hey, that's meant that that's not the right thing to do. I like they they might connect better with humans and Hey man, they might have been the root off of the uh, Nephilim. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they got kicked out. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, that's that was one really cool uh, thought that came to me several months ago, and I've really just been knocking that around. Like, were there giants that took the deal that were like, man, I don't even, I don't even parts of this anymore. Like, or ones that were born into it that didn't want any parts of it to start with. We're like, man, this is fucked up like, mm -hmm. like one of the boy <laughs> <laughs> looking looking for his father <laughs> they'd be like hey man you could do a whole movie on that man the, good, hey, man. the last nephilim <laughs> <laughs> but uh i know one you want to talk a little bit about mainstream and maybe knock around a little like pop culture kind of how they've really made it kind of a cool thing here in the past shit man 20 years really like even in the 90s there were some games that came out with nephilim um you had like uh i mean the card game magic the, the gathering well devil may cry i mean that's a big one right there with dante and virgil yeah um, dude. yeah man uh another one too that people don't think about that talk about nephilim it's one of my favorite video game series of all time and i don't game near as much as i used to back in the day but there's one series if it comes out I, i'm gonna play it as the assassin creed series because i love all of the uh hidden intricate stuff that's put in there like even all the freemasonic stuff that's put in those games uh they're really interesting but <clears throat> in those games they talk about the ones who came before and they talk about the apple of eden that they create and it's all technology based and i i think i enjoy the way that they put that in context because they show these ones that came before as bigger um than the normal sized person so they are considered nephilim uh and i think that's, is that that board game that you got pulled up right there role-playing yeah, game. yeah there's that nephilim board, uh, uh, role-playing game 
occult role playing and check this out because I always I always tell people the people who are making these games they they read what you're like mm-hmm. what you've been reading they look into all these things so it says here Nephilim is a role playing game about powerful elemental entities reincarnating into human beings the players take the roles of these beings as they adapt to their newly symbiotic existence and learn the secret hidden behind veils of of obscurity and mysticism seeking the path toward enlightenment agartha the game contains much symbolism primarily related to the hermetic tradition yeah i'm gonna have to get my hands on a copy of this so this sounds pretty dope so yeah i actually had seen that when I was digging around and just looking into what Nephilim had been in pop culture, uh, you know, Nephilim was also in the X-Files show. It was the show yeah, I saw all, that. All Souls. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember that episode because I just watched the X-Files a ton when I was growing up. And what was really weird about it, though, and maybe this like lends into Sean's like, they're all like, uh, they're not all like super strong. They're kind of like messed up, too. <laughs> but literally in that show, it was like the Nephilim were four disabled children. That the devil was trying to pursue to kill because they were fathered by a seraph or a seraphim, but they apparently had like some sort of like power that they they had to unlock, but their bodies were super feeble. So yeah, I remember that show because like the devil was just like snatching up the kids and it got onto the last one and like it's Scully and Mulder. Really, we gotta save him. We gotta get the kid. <laughs> and there, there's a lot of bands like AFI has a song called The Nephilim. Flatbush Zombies have. A song called Nephilim. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're they're they they are around, but I think like a lot of times it's the lure of giants. Like we talked about with Gary Wayne, and I did agree a lot to that. And you kind of alluded to it earlier with like the gnome bloodlines, the fairy bloodlines, the Nephilim bloodline. Like there's I think there's more to it than just the giants. I think that's the what we translated to because that means giant mm-hmm. to everybody, but I think there's more to it. And when we see like Lord of the Rings, when we see these um television series that have gnomes and fairies and and uh, elves and things of that nature i think that they're kind of pushing that fantastic point of view so that maybe we kind of like lose our tracks of like what the history was it blurs the lines well sean let me give you this too because you're talking about uh what nephilim means and i'm breaking in this little portion right here it actually plays more into what you're thinking because nafal in hebrew means fallen or to fall the I am makes it plural. So really, like the word Nephilim doesn't mean giants. It actually means of the fallen. So that's really what it means. So that could encompass a lot more than just giants, right? I, I think that a better word, and and again, this is this is semantics, because uh there are some scholars that like to use Raphaim as what the giants were that mean giants, because uh, the word uh, Rafa um, outside and 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 we'll play. It does mean giants. So with the Aim, it means like a plural giant. So that's Raphaim. Now the word Rafa in Hebrew also, and this plays into what we've talked about before. Juan, ghosts of the dead, shades or spirits. So that also, also plays into them dying and their spirits roaming the earth looking for host bodies as well. Well, here's the thing. So in Genesis 6, you said that they enter the bodies of the 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 daughters of men, right? Is that the what they call them? Well, yes. what if that was possession and not literal insertion? 
in a sexual way and more of like an occult paranormal way that they were being possessed by these entities. And then we have again, Rosemary's baby. We have Mary who gave birth to a baby through divine intervention, quite literally. And I mean, we've seen this over and over again to where it, it, there's like a, what was the other guy that supposedly was a immaculate conception as well? There was, there was a few other people, I mean, who were, but that's the one thing that I'm like, were they actual physical beings or were they actually more of like a, 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 a virus? I mean, a mind virus of some sort, because part of the lure as well that Lumpkin gets into as he, he wrote the book, the origins of evil, the lore that he gets into is that once the flood happened, everything was right. He, God killed off everything and Noah's Ark, the story. Well, energy cannot be created nor trans nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. So all those bodies of those Nephilim or whatever else was there, the Elohim and the chimeras and everything else, that energy went somewhere. And that's where we get our demons today Absolutely. are demonic entities because they're roaming and not only that but they're pissed right so they're, they're again there's this fight between light and dark to where these entities got wiped out they know they got wiped down they're like yo we're mad af so we're just gonna you know wreak havoc we're just gonna do the 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 most stuff that we can do from this realm whatever it is and how you're saying right there that's a hint at that it could possibly be a supernatural aspect of it. But again, there's so many different factors at play. Not only the, the times that they were living in could have been a different, quite literally a different realm. The garden of Eden could have been sure. a, a, right. A different dimension for all we know. Right. So, I mean, there's so many yeah. things at work that it's like, okay. And they, as you said that the, that Nebula means to come from the fallen, that doesn't mean that like all the giants like like Nephilim could have just been people the same size as us. Like I was saying, some of the people like, you know, six foot, six, two. But then there could also be creations that they made of these the 40 foot ones. You know what I mean? Like you could like like you said, experimenting, you get a gorilla, a human, a, a fallen. You know what I mean? So I think it is good, important that people know that because I think you see it on Google and all that. When you see the translation of Nephilim, they say, oh, it pretty much means giants. They don't say that it does mean that. They're kind of pretty, ah, pretty much. Dad, yeah, stop looking at it. Right. <laughs> and, and me personally, I just love the word Nephilim. So, like, for me, like, it's a cool <laughs> word. I love it. And to me, that's what I use it for giants before the flood like these the like kind of the first generation these guys before the flood when and before i get after the flood the like flood, you said that's a whole nother a whole nother world too like you, i have to remember sometimes it's hard when we're talking about a lot of it because you do have to separate the two like you guys said the, the two worlds were completely different right mm -hmm. and I, I tend mm -hmm. to use the word raphaim after the flood because that's when you're going to get more of those goliath sized giants you're going to see a lot of those and we can get a little, little bit of that today too um because we could talk about some of these giants in in scripture because people get really hung up on those two verses uh that use the word nephilim but there's other verses like even in genesis 14 5 when they talk about uh king keterleomer and the other kings and they went and smote the raphaims and ashtaroth and the zuzims which were also uh a group of giants and you had the emines which were also as well and the ashtaroth uh, uh, Asheroth Karname, which was a location 
where these Raphaims were at, and it was close to this place called Idri, and that's going to be important for here in a minute, but this was one of the cities of Og, and if you know anything about Og, uh, the Bible talks about his bed and how it was like, God, I think it was 16 feet long. I've got it written here, and it's like six feet wide or 13 feet long uh, and uh, nine cubits. So, yeah, that would be like 13 13 feet long, and it said four cubits, the breadth of it, cubit of a man. So you're looking at six feet uh, wide as well. So he's a big dude, and they said he's beautiful. That was the other thing they talked about. He was a handsome dude, big, fast, two to one. He was super super arrogant and they talk about even even scholars talk about how he even like how he lost the battle because it didn't even make any sense why he would go out because the city of Idri was built into a a hillside it actually went 70 uh like 70 cubits underground so it was like a fortified city so when the Israelites came all they had to do was wait them out but Og was so arrogant that he came down from his city and met him in battle and ended up losing. So, again, that, that plays into what you're talking about, Sean, about how humans uh, seem to kind of get the upper hand of these giants anytime that they see that they want to do something because a lot of times because of their arrogance, because they think that they're better. They think that they're smarter and sometimes they just outsmart themselves. And real quick, I got a copy of this game. So start off with this game. Is, <laughs> oh, you got it right now? Yeah, I got it. And they, they quote Rumi, which is another guy that, and they like it's got all these sigils on it, and it's got like some weird origin. So apparently they they consulted some weird library of some guy, and they were able to do it. But look at look at all this stuff. I mean, again, this goes back to what I was talking about. These people read whatever that we're talking yes. about, and it's got Ka, it's got the Ka elements metamorphosis jinn phoenix angel it's got everything and i mean it's it's an occult role playing so it would make sense but yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting i can't wait to play too. man yeah i'll send you a copy of it but it's pretty pretty interesting would you say you can't wait to play yeah i can't wait to play <laughs> <laughs> you start playing that, man. You're gonna start conjuring those devil. Yeah, yeah, bro. yeah, it's like to kill them. That's what I'm gonna do. I'll be like, yeah, see, he's like, you heard me talking. The hey, game I'm not just talking. Waiting. I'm talking. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm not just talking, man. I'm trying to see those events. I mean, it's no Bring different it, than playing Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, I've played Dungeons and Dragons. This is I never the same played. Thing. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all up for for interpretation, essentially, at the end of the day, right? Where, where are these things? But I like that aspect of perhaps it is maybe some sort of virus. I mean, that mm -hmm. that right that that is manipulating reality and and right. And, I, I and like I think the pushback from some people would say that there's a verse in the Bible that talks about how that the daughters of men thought they were beautiful but i would even counter that to what you said and say that well they could conjure whatever they wanted if they're manipulating their minds in front of them so that it wouldn't necessarily have to be there physically either so and and not only that though not only that joel but you got to understand that let, let let's the king james version right let's talk about king james and the reason I bring up King James is because this is a guy who who was into the occult. 
right? He was around the likes of John D. Now, the, the way it goes is that he was terrified of the occult, but yet he was writing about demonology. He was writing about vampires. He was writing about werewolves. He was writing books. You could look, look it up. Uh, J King James's three books on demonology or something like that. And the fact that, let's say, following certain, you know, let's branch out a little bit, following certain lore that Francis Bacon was perhaps one of the editors of the Bible and all the final King James Version, these verses, we're taking them for face value. Right? We're taking them for face value. And obviously, you guys know I'm into alchemy. What if it's occulted behind symbolism? What if these things that are being referenced are actually other things or ingredients of some sort? And we don't know because we don't have the keys to interpret these things. So we're talking about the daughters of, of men, right? And they were beautiful. Well, that may mean something completely different than what me and you understand it as. Because we didn't write this occulted scaffolding of when things go. That's what people need to understand that. There is this occulted world, not and again, not occulted like magic and and all this. No, occulted as you can't see it in front of you. There's an occulted world, and there are occulted intentions when people make these things. When when people are writing, especially writing and solidifying something, I mean that goes right. The Declaration of Independence and all these things that the Constitution, all these things that were written down. Who knows if they were mixing things into the ink to solidify that even further? And again. When we're living, we're we're living in the egregore of these of the the founding fathers, essentially. I mean, this is what this is. And if you again, I'm kind of going all over the place, but you're getting my idea to where they solidify this magically in some sort of occult way by writing about it and by putting it down in these books. And I I, I labeled them, bro, interdimensional literature because this literature changes people's lives. You know, what I'm saying like people live. They die by the by the ancient scripture. I mean, there's certain religions where people, right, they blow themselves up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they quite literally die because they're reading this ancient scripture. So it's changing their biology and the way they think. So, again, we're taking it for face value that they were actually women and that they were actually beautiful and that these things were inserting themselves into them. How? I mean, that's up for interpretation, right? But you got to keep that in mind, right? I always keep that in the back of my mind, like, but what if it's an alchemical text? What yeah. if it's meant to be read differently? Because there are seven ways of interpreting ancient scripture. Historical is just one of them. And that's the bottom of the totem pole. Right? You have the spiritual. And I've always said this. And there's different. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because I did the occult anatomy of man where they break down the stories of the Bible and Jesus and everything as a, an anatomical text. Right? They're referring to this and that. But even that's up for, for interpretation. Right. Right. I, I guess I, it's just your belief system, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. for me, um, I think that God's big enough, especially if there's a text being put together about him, he'd have his hands all over it, regardless of who was trying to manipulate it, regardless. So mm -hmm. that's just my personal belief system. And everybody's interpreted as yeah. to their own. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm I totally everything you're saying right now makes sense now. I will agree with you in the fact that I think the Bible is very esoteric and there are a lot of hidden meanings throughout the Bible that God meant for us to be able to interpret that a lot of us can't interpret. But mm -hmm. I also, one of the things I like to do too is go back to the original Hebrew of a lot of these words too, because that tends to open up a lot of text in a different 
manner as well. If you can at least get some sort of, you know, translation there, because, uh, and I'm going to talk about it here in a minute about uh, Goliath's brothers, but there's, there's a word there that when they translated it over from Latin into English, it took out the meaning of it being a piece of technology that David didn't understand when you ran up on the giant and they just like translated. It to that's what, that's what turns me off though, from all this Joel, because obviously I grew up in mm -hmm. the Christian in the Christian faith. Right. And when you start to understand, like, wait, they translated a oh no, a couple times, right? And then you have the old English, and you have all these different things. Well, it's like there's there's a lot of things that get mistranslated, and not only that, but let's step it let's step it further from my from my occult research and understanding that not only is it when you read something in your head, right? You're reading something in your head. Well, there's also the practice of reading things out loud. And they resonate differently when you read them out loud and, and said certain ways that resonate and, again, unlock these other deeper meanings within it. So we have this watered-down vanilla version of the Bible of some guys back then that quite literally just wanted to have their own posse and their own crew. I mean, that's what happened with King James, right? They, did, they didn't want to know his... his his marriage, so he broke off and was like, hey, you know, there's the, the Geneva Bible. I want to make my own, right? So it's like you had this egotism in it as well, which turns me off even more because we know men are imperfect. But then you have the translation aspect of it to where it's like, oh, it's been translated in just water. So who knows what we're missing and what you're saying right there. I mean, there's a definition. One word can change the entire context. And I know Spanish. There's a lot of words, right, when I'm translating something from English... Sometimes it's hard because they go, wait, so that word's that word needs to go way at the front versus now it's at the back in English, right? Just an example. But words get flip-flop all, all over the place. And, dude, I've seen it over and over again when it comes, right, the homunculus, the Libra Vacay. One of the one of the researchers that was translating the manuscript, the Latin manuscript that came from an Arabic translation, he was religious, and some aspects of the manuscript, he refused to translate because they went against his religion. And when he was, uh, I forgot what he was, but again, it went around against his beliefs. So he's like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about those obscurities. So think about that and, and multiply that since the beginning of however, right? Whatever theologian or whoever. <laughs> I agree. That's uh, like, imagine today's age, right? Like, Imagine 50 years from now, mm. and the Bible is rewritten by King Trans. You know what I mean? The King Trans <laughs> rewrites it, and they go and they start putting everything's trans. You know, the what I mean? Elohim <laughs> were non-binary, <laughs> Sean. Like, you know okay, <laughs> they were non-binary. They had both genitals. Okay? Elohim, okay. <laughs> the way the Nephilim sprung up because they had both, and they just impregnated themselves. Yeah, okay. Bro. So uh, I'm just put, and I put that out there because again, not to not to bash on like religious scripture because I've seen it, bro. Like literally the other day, I'm working on a huge project right now, and we were going through. We're quite literally translating Arabic and Latin and German manuscripts, and we came across. Right, we're doing research, and we came across in these manuscripts that are in these museums that are being defaced now. Who defaced them? Was it before it got to the museum or people in the museum that were defacing them? So, again, this is a real thing to where I think that, and that's not even religious scripture. That's like magical scripture of like, 
like grimoires and all these different things. And that's, again, that's the occult, but to, to the fact that they even withhold things from that, I mean, the, the possibilities after that are endless. And when you're talking about exerting your power over somebody else by their beliefs, because let's face it, I mean, religion is also a form of exerting your power over your people. So in a way of keeping, again, this is not a bad thing, but I'm just putting this out there that it can be corrupted. And, I, and that's just something that people need to keep an open mind about when you're researching these topics, because it's a possibility. I mean, we can't just think like, oh, it's never going to happen. It, it happens and it has happened. And right. I've seen it firsthand, not just with the religious scripture, with other miscellaneous scriptures that really, you know, I mean, don't really have much, not much skin in the game, but that there's, they're still defacing them and omitting things from them. So I, I, I just find that super interesting. No. And, and listen, I, I'm open to everything. You know what I mean? Like I listen to everybody's side of it. Uh, again, just from my point of view, I think that if I believe in a God that can orchestrate things in a way that he would want us to understand what he's telling us, then regardless of what man's trying to do, he's bigger than that. And that's just what I choose to believe. And I think that the text, when I read it, outside of the fun stuff like Nephilim and all the historical stuff, really, man, I read that text to see how I can communicate with my fellow man and connect with them and love your neighbor and live Christ-like. Because to me, even Christian's not really a word. Christ never said that. You know what I mean? I don't even really like using that word when I define myself. I just want to live Christ-like. And I think really, even if you don't believe in the Bible, we should all strive to live that way because that's, that is a person, or if you think it's a myth, a, a person who lived a life that was full uh, of love and forgiveness. And I think we should all do that. No, I agree. Like, uh, I'm with Juan. That's how I'm a, a big pushback on the Bible as that part. But uh, I've always told people, like, uh, Buddha, whether Buddha and Jesus, if you, like, lure or real people, I believe they're real people, but I'm saying you can believe either or to follow the, the simple things that they said to treat others good is, like, that's not a bad thing to follow. My problem is, is the same thing is like, I think we're led into these directions, like even how not only how they read it, most Christian, Muslim, the major, the major uh, um, face, the uh, what are they called? The Abraham face. Uh, uh, they all have like somebody dictating and pretty much reading it to us and interpreting for us. Like now, yes, we can go ourselves, but I, I think it's even there's a lot of pushback. That's why like a lot of things that when you say spiritual, you're automatically taken as like, oh, you're some like yogi guru. You're on this like whole spiritual journey. And when I say because I tell people all the time, like I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I just don't really mess with the Bible too much. And I don't really mess with the religion. I'm not saying the Bible is bad or anything. I just finding my own journey. And they're like, oh, you're into that spiritual stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's all spiritual. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I know. It, 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 so it gets muddy and i think that's what happens to a lot of people and and that's why it's okay like nobody has to believe the same thing it just has to be in this where we could all discuss it like what we're doing like i mm -hmm. think most of the time when you're get other people with either a different faith or non-religious they're so it's just the same thing like what you see in politics everybody sticks their you know like heels in the ground and they're like oh i'm not budging i'm not even going to give any movement and i think there's a lot and i'm with you 
yeah, would God like bless it? But at the same time, he also gives us free will because he doesn't stop the murders or the, the floods or, or, you know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of free will in there too. So that's why it, it kind of gets wishy-washy, but anything's possible. I just think too, that man is, I think that in my belief, again, in my belief that there is original text of the Bible that came, you know, from God to the hand to the book, boom. But I think over time, and that's why I love the book of Eli, because the book of Eli kind of defines that, like where they're like, hey, we know this book can control everybody. I could tell people like, hey, man, if you don't if you don't go get more water for your kid or if you don't go to work tomorrow, you're going to the hell. You know, the devil's going to get you. And it was this fear that pushed people around and kind of formulated them into society because Christians, Catholics, the Jesuits. Uh, Muslim, like all these big religious fanatics, they were also ruled with an iron fist for centuries. You know what I mean? So I think that that has to be taken into account too, because not that they're not even being trying to be intentional evil. Sometimes people think that they're doing what's best for humanity, right? They're like, hey, this is what you need to know. And that's why we're, that's why we have to dig through everything. That's why everything we see is, is like, not what we see, right? Because we have to dig for it. When you say Nephilim, that's why I I lean like, I don't know if they're 40 feet or 10 feet, but I know that they existed because we do have evidence. You know what I mean? We do have physical. So we don't have to just base on just text. I'm not saying you can't base it off of that, but there is physical evidence too that really can like, can't deny a elongated skull. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can try to say like people would say people are stretching their skulls, but to a certain extent, it seems a little... The ones that we've seen, at least, Joel, like you showed me and other people, mm -hmm. the, the the how long they are, I, I don't believe, in my opinion, that you could stretch it out like that. I think that you either have that, like you're born that way or you're not. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with you, bro. And I'm, again, I'm just putting that out there because... right. I, I talk about my personal beliefs, but also I have... Hours and hours of me of talking about heretical and even blasphemous topics <laughs> to where people probably when they were listening to that, that just that one episode and they probably think that I don't believe in whatever else. Right. I truly believe. But I'm a researcher. Right. I'm doing this research and that and I keep an open mind. But I also have my core beliefs that that's what I believe in, regardless of what I read or what I talk about. Right. So I'm just putting that out there to to, to let people know right behind the scenes of what goes on even with stuff that doesn't even have to do with the bible that how it's manipulated and how it has yeah. been manipulated so no and 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 listen you know i'm and i hate labels but i think i fall into more of this like universalism like category where i don't know if necessarily everybody goes to hell like it's it it's because even the text, when you're reading them, they don't even really read out that way either. Because there's a verse where it says that Christ came to save us all, and I don't think God loses. So I, I believe there's a hell. I don't know if that's some sort of everlasting flame or even how that works. I don't even mm -hmm. want to know how it works. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing you got to start thinking about, and it's just the basic level. You got some tribe out in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have access to the Bible or whatever. Are they going to hell? You got somebody that grew up as a Muslim <laughs> their whole lives and they hadn't have access to anything else. Are they going to hell? But they lived, but they took care of their neighbor. They did all the things that the tenant said. I don't think that plays into that and again that's super heretical on my side of the table because a lot of christians would 
you know, <laughs> burn me at the stake for saying How that. But like, take off your head right there. <laughs> but I don't really care because at the end of the day, I'm here to find the truth. And number two, it doesn't really matter because it, to me, now the one thing I do hold like super, super hardcore to me, and this is why I believe in the Bible, is the divinity of Christ. I think he was the son of God. So that I don't waver on. I won't waver on. I'm never going to back down on that. That's what I believe. So that's one of the ones I'm just, I hardline with. But everything else, I don't understand completely. So I'm not going to project mm -hmm. on someone else something I don't fully understand and never will. Because, man, we have no idea who God is like we just hope that we can connect with him and learn more every day and connect to our fellow man and I think that's what we should all strive for I agree that was beautiful do you want did you want you wanted to bring something up to right some visuals yeah I was actually going to talk about um some of the uh skeletons found we're going to get into a little bit so, of that real quick tail out I'm gonna just name off a few Right, pop culture. We had also the Darksiders, the video game, because then we started talking about that. Yeah, the X Files, yeah, yeah. the show Supernatural, which I could never really get into, but the show Supernatural. I didn't either man, I know a lot of people that like that show too. I just wasn't. I don't know, man. It just wasn't my like cup of tea. You know, I'm not huge into like vampire shit, man. Like, I, <laughs> I, I'm just really not like. If it's well, okay. So, wait, 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 man, what bro. if Nick Cage is a vampire though? Now hey. I'm gonna go see that. Like, I want to <laughs> see that. That uh, was it, Renfield. Like, I want to yeah. see that. But uh, Interview of the Vampire was super dope. Like, I thought that was awesomely well done, man. Just a great story. But it's more about the story to me. I don't care about, like, sucking blood or whatever, man. We got politicians that do that every day. So, like, yeah, they really suck don't... more than blood, bro. <laughs> hey! hey! What's up? <laughs> yeah, but plus there's so many vampire stories, man. It's like, dude, yeah. man. Twilight killed it, bro. I haven't even ever seen Twilight. But just seeing like the two minute trailer at the movie theater at one point, I was like, man, I've never, I, I hated I vampires. All the time, I was like, man, that was all about, <laughs> all about it, man. And it's like, did she rub your head, bro? I was like, Joel, you're my little vampire, right? She'd smack your. <laughs> no, she was all about head, the uh, the werewolf side of it. Oh, so, she was in there, so you know, like I had a beard and stuff. It's all good. <laughs> it worked. It worked out. So the original also, called, man. This is weird, but in the high steam first person shooter Payday Two, there's a few references to the Nephilim, and, and there's the a, Nephilim. and there's a secret ending. Yeah, with the alien technology supposedly left by a Nephilim. And then Diablo 3, which I've played before, which is the 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 computer game. Well, I mean, it's on other platforms now, but Diablo 3 also has the Nephilim, which is uh, like the first humans upon the sanctuary, created as a result of the union between angels and demons. So like they, they put their little twist on it. It's like, no, it's not just the angels. No, 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 they're demons and the angels. So very, very... Again, these people are they're reading this. They understand the material. Yes. So they put it in their work again because they know it has some sort of magical properties to to them, in my opinion. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's it's magical, bro. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> all yeah, right, man. So what was it that you, you said that you're gonna talk about the uh, the evidence, right? Because we've talked about all this metaphysical mumbo jumbo 
we can feel it in our in our in our bones in, in our media, stomachs, right? In the you know what I mean, in the media. In I want to see one, Joel. Where can I go to see one in so, real life? A lot of these ones that I'm going to bring up, um, I'll have people. You know, you can go look it up. Um, there are several books by Elliot Arzuli as well, where he's actually got all the pictures in the books of a lot of the uh, giants that were found in the late 1800s, the early 1900s. Hell, you can even go on the Potemkin village of Google, and you can actually find some of these pictures that were taken from the newspapers of these giants that were in the seven foot to 10 foot range, like Sean's talking about, um, and people's bodies sitting next to them, full on skeletons, right? And I'm just going to talk about a few of them and a few um incidences throughout history and i got one little video i want to show and you guys may have seen it already but maybe for the people that haven't seen it it's very interesting of a nephilim that could be around right now um in 1833 there were soldiers digging at lampock rancho in california and they discovered a male skeleton that was 12 feet tall um it had stone axes carved shells and other artifacts with it it had the double row of upper and lower teeth and it was secretly buried uh because the local uh native americans became upset about the remains so a lot of these that you find in the in north america uh yeah i've seen that picture before by the way too which is interesting because it's kind of in a fetal position but if you stretched it out that would have to be in the what 10 foot is this is range. this the same place santa catalina island no, but a, I was going to get to the Santa Island one. I googled bit, the. That's all good though because you can pull that up. I don't even know if I put that in my notes, but I do know about the uh, the Catalina Islands. That's really wild too, man. They found a bunch of skeletons in Catalina Islands, though, man. It was like I I don't even remember the number that they found. I don't think it, it wasn't just the one. It was several um, that they found in the Catalina Islands. There you go. Um, yeah, Lompoc. Is this okay yeah yeah here's the here's yeah. the fine yeah that um, should be the actual like little piece that they wrote on it santa monica what, Is that what university of california riverside so e yeah so lompoc this is UCR. in the same area though yeah that's it so what is believed to be the burial ground of the giant race which inhabited these shores before the discovery of california by Cabrillo was found last week by campers on the beach of Malibu Ranch where they camped. The party observed a skull protruding out of the ocean's shelving bank of sand and gravel. Digging a few minutes, they unearthed 14 more skulls and a number of complete skeletons, all more than seven and several over eight feet long. A large collection of heavy stone mortars, whatever that says there, pestles. Utensils of various kinds and arrow. So seven to eight feet. That's pretty that's pretty big. I mean, here in the in Florida, you have the Timakua, which were around that same range, seven mm -hmm. to eight feet tall. Why does this keep going over to the side? And so yeah, that was this the one that you were talking about? No, it's, it's not. This was in uh this was in Lompoc Rancho. So it's a little dang. different. This was twelve feet tall right here, the one that I'm talking about. All right, let me see if I can find anything else here, actually. Also, to get to uh, what Sean was talking about, we were talking about the massive 
uh, giants. Uh, so there were three skele full skeletons found, and this is super hard to dig up to find. Um, it's in one of my books, but uh, there's a story of Alexander the Great's men. They went to an island because they were doing, you know, just scouting and all this. They went to this island and they started digging around and they did excavation and they found these skeletons that were over 30 feet tall. They found two together and then they found a third one and they excavated them out of there and gave them to uh, Alexander the Great and he kept them in his like, you know, trophy chamber. Look at this. The Bible mentions several cases of giants as the Rahai, Ra, Raphaim, the Ankim, Ankims, Anakims, yeah, Ankims, the Emims, yeah, and the Zazanim, Zazanims, and others. So, the body of Orestes, according to the Greeks, was eleven feet. So it's talking about. It was also. That's wild that they put all those names of the giants in there because mm -hmm. most people don't use all those names uh, when they talk about the right Anakims here. are actually just, they were beast mode, man. That's what uh, Og was. They were like straight beast mode. They, they, they ruled like the lower portion of Israel or what, you know, wasn't Israel at the time because they had taken it over. Right January 11, 16, 13, some Masons digging near the ruins of a castle in Daudin, I don't know how to say that, in a field which by tradition had long been called the Giant's Field. So at 18 feet, they discovered a tomb that was 30 feet long, 12 feet wide, mm. and 8 feet high, which was gray stone with the words, whatever that says there, cut thereon. When the tomb was opened, they found a human skeleton entire to uh, 25 and a half feet long, mm. 10 feet wide across the shoulders, and 5 feet deep from the breastbone to the back. It was a massive, it was a big boy. His teeth were also about the size of an ox's foot and his <laughs> shin bones measured four feet. So imagine a shin bone the size of Sean. I mean, Sean's about what, four, two, <laughs> four, three, Sean? It's something like that. <laughs> so again, I mean, there is, but this is a thing. I mean, we're seeing all these different bones right? i mean there's another one here from 1916 but where are the pictures baby i want the videos this is in oakland bro of a giant indian believed to be a prehistoric race was unearthed near a gravel pit the bones were all part of one skeleton only the jaw only the jawbone of the skull remained but the arm and the leg bones as well as some smaller bones indicate that the man was more than eight feet tall so i mean this could have been a tall Indian or indigenous person, but I mean, it could have been, especially when you're talking about in that seven foot range. I mean, we know people that are seven foot now. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about that, I think a lot of times though, when they attribute those seven foot um, bones that they find to giants, I think they're looking at the dexterity of the bones themselves. I think they're looking at a few factors like the, you know, double rows of teeth, maybe six fingers. They're looking into a few other things. So mm. uh, when you're actually breaking that part down, but yeah, I don't think seven foot to me is not necessarily a giant. I mean, I guess, you know, comparative to the normal person, but you know, as far as maybe some other attributes that are tied into, um, you know, the seven foot, uh, giants that they find grouped mm. together. Now it is unusual because the, if they find like a grave site or a mound with seven to ten of them, 
that are seven to eight feet tall, then you got to be like, well, this is like a tribe of big people. These, okay. Then you can start talking, I guess, about giants. But if you found one without the attributes, maybe that's just a big person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also, just to think outside the box, right, to, to really expound it even further, what if, right, because some people don't believe in dinosaurs, what if these bones of dinosaurs that we've been told for forever now were actually the remnants of giants? I mean, right? I mean, we know that the Smithsonian Museum is shady. We know that they're lizard people. So they could omit or occult certain things but question for me to you joel why would they hide this was it would they hide it because maybe it proves that the biblical scripture has some credibility to it and they don't yeah. want that right well I mean, they here's the thing the biggest thing is evolution so at the end of the day if you have giant bones that's going to disprove evolution you don't want that on the format you know, ever since Darwin, who was a Freemason, by the way, uh, he came out with his whole theory of evolution, which I don't even think it was his theory. I think it was just concocted. It was Huxley that, that, right? Huxley was also in there somewhere. Correct. Helping him so, defend it. So I think that, you know, he was just more the face of it, right? It's like mm-hmm. Edison, like he didn't create anything. He was just the face of certain, you know, discoveries uh, or whatever you want to call them, inventions. But again i think it disproves that because then you're going back like wait a minute so there were giants before man then you got to start equating how that works right uh there's a and i don't have it with me i wish i did but there's a there's a story it's not even a story it's just it's a fact but there were dinosaur uh fossilized prints next to human prints that they found, and this has happened several times, but this was a particular valley that this was found, and did the Smithsonian just basically, over time, and it's funny, uh, made the human prints look like more like dinosaur prints. They magically went from like five toes to like two, three toes, and then it just morphed into, and a lot of people had the original pictures, and they were like, wait a minute, this proves that they were at least side by side, or at least there was like a pre-edemic man, or there were some sort of humanoids that were around with dinosaurs or these giant lizards or dragons or whatever you want to call them, right? So they've done this time and time again because they have to spew their take on things it's like when the smithsonian uh said that native americans were the first indigenous were the first people on in north america and they've held true to that well giants would destroy that too that's out of the question uh all of the um egyptian crazy egyptian stuff that was found in the grand canyon with like some completely uh just out there group of egyptians i mean there were some ramses like decorations there but it wasn't of ramses it was it was a completely different uh sect of people that were found there well the Smithsonian went in there and took all that out and, and it's it. still shut down it's still right you can't go to certain areas of the grand canyon yep it's well, too dangerous i got a guy too. man i got a guy that can, oh, you, uh, you got a guy he's got a, a smithsonian guy yeah and he, i mean he's not really a real guy but He's a homunculus. He's, yeah, he's something like that. Yeah, something like that. you could call him that. His name's Jay from Cryptos of the Corn, and he does work at the Smithsonian. Oh, really? Well, he does, but then he's got like multiple <laughs> clones that come out and work with Justin. So, like, and I'm I, working one of the clones right now, and I'm gonna get back there. So, 
We're going to get to the bottom of this one way or the other. Golly, bro. Hey, hey, guess what? This past weekend, I was hanging out with cryptids because they did a whole presentation uh, about uh, flooding mushrooms and everything else uh, for like a group of people at, in this haunted uh, school, by the way, which was really crazy. So I went there to meet them there. Hillbilly Horror Stories was there, too, and they were doing like all full on presentation. Um, but I met the 0001 version of the clone, Sean. And uh -huh. check this out. The other versions don't clean or anything. This version of Jay cleaned everything up within like 10 minutes and had like all the chairs put up. <laughs> I looked up and it was done so quickly. I was like, hey, man, this clone right here is like so the they're luxury bottle. at least. Yeah. They, oh, that with all the bells and whistles. You got to. <laughs> I love how you guys have a conspiracy within your own clique of friends. That I even have conspiracies about myself. You know what I mean? Like, am I even real, guys? Am I even yeah. up to this? Yeah, I have people email me in, all the in time. Uh, um, inbox and being like, "Hey, man, look, dude, I I had my weird bowel syndrome today. Does that make me a homunculus?" Bro, you say that, but there's some people who really like dead serious message me. Trying to like, hey, I'm, I have this curse that I was that was put on me. Do you know how to break? I'm like, no. And then I got other people like, hey, I'm a homunculus. Like, what do Dude, I do? Dude, you should tell them crazy stuff though. Be like, hey, no, mix a little bit of jizz no, and no, blood. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna do <laughs> with that. some tapatio and get a little packet of uh, a seasoning from. It has to be this specific. I'm not suit. gonna. I'm not gonna do that. But check this out. Here, I have this this article pulled up, and look what I see right here. <laughs> Would somebody come and look at this? Would somebody mm -hmm. come and look at this? Look oh, at good that. lodge number. Next to the giant bones found article. <laughs> hmm. Actually, another thing, too, if you want to tie the Freemasons into giants, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can tie into them, but there is a story about one of the fraternal lodges uh, when they found they didn't find it, but one of the locals found giant bones, like a full skeleton, and they went and took it, and then they use it for some of their initiations as well. So, well, that and that's one aspect of it that you have to also look at. Why would the Smithsonian hold these relics? Well, they're just that relics that they could potentially use for magical purposes. Again, you have the skull and right, not cross, yeah, cross right, the skull and cross bones of yeah. You have Geronimo, yep. right? Because they have some sort of talismanic properties to them. So that could also be, again, just looking at it from a different lens, right? Well, like, why would they do that? Well, that's also maybe potentially mm -hmm. an option for them. And so, what if these spirits of the Nephilim, uh, you know, hang around these bones sometimes? Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? And then by you taking those bones in, you're invoking the spirit and you're taking it on. And maybe it's giving you some other properties or, you know, it does whatever for your group of people that you work with, whatever. So, I, mm -hmm. man, I'm with you on that. I think the bones could definitely be used in an alchemical sense. Absolutely. Or even it just in a belief, like you guys say, too, we all talk about. I mean, don't they do like rhino horn in China? Like for like it's for men fertility or like. You uh, would know that, right, Sean? You, you have some? <laughs> yeah. Got a little bit. Of, I got some of that tiger. You know what I mean? Like I was snorting the tiger blood with Charlie Sheen. You know what I mean? We we're getting a little. We we're out there, bro. Like, but the tiger blood is a little something different. It's a more psychedelic. He's like, I've heard you know it's I mean? for men fertility. You yeah, know, I think they, it gives you boners or something. Yeah, something I'm not like, like you know, something like that. So, Joe. 
are these things around till this day? I mean, I know you said you had some evidence of some people that potentially could be. I got one video and it's it's done the rounds before, but I think it's just so interesting every time I look at it and I'm like, man, maybe, you know, because one of the things about Nephilim that we do know is they're really adept in battle. That's one of their things, right? They're warriors. And I think, and I'm not going to go into on this podcast because people can go down the rabbit hole of portal babies and Nephilim portal <laughs> babies, the whole series, which is like four different ones. If you want to hear what I think about Nephilim. And if you want to get back. that portal Nephilim series act now for three installments of 1995, <laughs> get yours today. <laughs> Which, like I said, I got a four and a half hour swap cast I did with Tony Merkel and Eric from Uncomfortable and Crypt of the Corn, uh, which, by the way, I did separate podcast on all of theirs where we had some crazy technology issues when I started breaking down to what I think Nephilim uh, are now and how they're going to come back in the future. So we won't get into all that today. But in saying that, though, I think that Nephilim are already working with some of our governments and in some of the special ops teams uh maybe you know just underground military bases absolutely i think so Mm -hmm. but i've got this video and we're gonna show our nephilim fake and gay find out on the next episode of shadow band syndicate (laughs) (laughs) oh man that was (laughs) you imagine a gay nephilim like Hey, hey, men of renown. Then, yeah, but what if he likes you, bro? That's the worst, bro. <laughs> no, like, but here's the thing, though. Woo. I don't think you're that far off, though, man. You know, it's, it with that because they did a lot of orgies and a lot of craziness. I don't think Sorry. that you can say, it, Joel, a lot of gay shit. It's all right, a lot, a lot of gay <laughs> shit, bro. Like, I, I think the best. That, that is absolutely on the table. <laughs> the you guys, best see everything? Ever, you guys just reminded me of like when my uh. Can My home used to have these stuff? like no i don't see anything now there you go are you sharing the audio from that tab hey, we don't need to see the audio we okay don't really need right. the audio so it's just when right. you really need to look at it like a big screen yeah there you go it's all right daddy's got gotcha. you <laughs> so uh what are we looking at oh, an actual right here you nipple? got soldiers here Mm-hmm. Told you here, oh, I this, think I've seen this one. Yeah, I've gonna seen have this, this big one right here, but you're gonna see it move too. So it's actual video, they're just showing the stills. So they're saying this guy right here is like six foot, though. So if he's six foot, that's what about 10, maybe taller. Never seen this before. And some people say, you know, he's standing up on something. But, dude, that's like two inches if you're looking at like a. And what was this? Do you know? That's the thing. It was caught on camera in the U.S. Nobody knows exactly where it was caught. Again, it's. no. That's a great deal. Twenty two ninety nine for that for that oil right there, bro. They're standing in front of like an, an auto zone <laughs> or something. That's a great deal, dude. I wonder if but it comes I with believe- the oil filter. This there you go. Is this is gonna be a move around. The super right here. soldiers, man. There's a lot of super soldier. Yeah, look how big this. Look countries. how big this thing is, bro. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> Yo, Josh, it looks fake as fuck. Yeah, I mean, it could be fake as hell too, man. But it it was doing the rounds. Um, but yeah, maybe it's fake. I don't know. It's crazy though. But that Dude. was one of the ones, man, that hit the rounds real hard. 
Uh, real hard, that. real fast. Real hard, real fast, baby. Just how Sean I'm not saying that's it. definitive proof or anything, but I do <laughs> like some of that stuff because you just don't know, man. In the in the age of like deep fake and CGI and all that, man, it could very well be fake. But then again, I think they throw so much fake stuff out there. So if the real thing comes out there, yeah. and you be like, that's that's fake. Yeah, I thought it was and, interesting enough. And that's also the dynamic of the community too. We want proof. We want proof. Here's the proof. Right? Like the story of that the, the guy's drowning and. He's like, no, God's gonna save me. Yeah. God's like, bro, I sent you two boats and you still drown. Like <laughs> you were like, no, bro. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take the hint, right? So absolutely, and I mean this is one of the topics that really I started with, and I find it super interesting. I find any ancient, right? Because I've always mainly P. Hall says that religion is like the it's like a reflection of he has a wording, but like the, the, the consciousness of, of humanity, if you will, right? Like this, where it's like showing with all these symbols, right? Archetypes, if you want to go down that realm, but mm -hmm. just really the stories of creation really fascinate me. So uh, the Nephilim giants, anything like that really fascinates me in alchemy. So of course, when I first came across this, I found it super interesting. And, and when I was asking the people in the church questions about it, they're only going to give you the vanilla we yeah. keep idea description of it and when you want to ask more like my first bible and i keep it next to my desk here is a study bible and it's outdated now but it would give you the the verse and then it would give you at the bottom like a breakdown of what it could mean but again that can only go so far so oh, so far yeah no i totally agree maybe with you man maybe we could have like a little like uh model or something be like man if you tired of that vanilla bullshit <laughs> Come to Shadow Band Syndicate and get that raw dog facts. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> raw dog and facts, baby. <laughs> and Joel, do you have any reading material for people who want to learn more about this subject than obviously the mainstream? Is there any books that you would recommend to them? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I'd go down the L.A. Marzulli rabbit hole. He's got a ton of stuff, man. I, I don't even I couldn't even give you one book in particular. I've got several. So I would just go to I think LAMarzulli.com. I think you can get it directly from me. You go to Amazon. He's got some really good stuff. Gary Wayne is also absolutely phenomenal. He's got phenomenal. the Genesis 6 conspiracy. Plus, he just came out with the follow-up to the Genesis 6 conspiracy, which was like a long time coming. So I don't have that one yet, but I'm going to get that. Another great uh, author who I love is uh, Steve Quayle. And a book that I've been hard on uh, this past year is Angel Wars, and it's phenomenal. It's got a lot of stuff about Old Earth in there. It's not just about Nephilim, even though that is a central piece, but it talks about Chimera. It talks about all kind of fallen angel DNA uh messing around like oh, everything man i mean he even goes deep bro into like dinosaurs might have been created by fallen angels in old earth it to be used as avatars in battle which is next level. that sounds pretty dope though like a movie on that <laughs> can you does. imagine that bro, <laughs> know, bro that'd be so sick great. all right like what <laughs> So that's a good place to start with those three authors. There's a ton of them out there, but like those guys right there, man, I, I really go to because they've done so much research and then they get me doing even more research where I start creating my own theories and my own ideas. Because one thing that I like to do is tie 
a lot of what is in the past to now into technology now. So I think it's all moving into transhumanism. And I think Nephilim will be a part of that. But absolutely. $220 for this book? You tripping, son. That's how good it is, bro. Like, what are you you talking about? It went out of print, though, in 2014. So I ended up finding a really good deal on it um, when I got Oh, you got a good deal, bro? I did. I always say... I always say shit like that when I buy something that I know was overpriced, but I still, I still, <laughs> no, I'm still, I'm still gonna get it. How much I got it for? For because it was going for. I think the lowest I saw on eBay was like 150, 175, but I ended up finding it for 75 bucks from a. What'd you do to him, bro? Amazon. <laughs> what you? <laughs> they had six Sorry. copies left too, and I ended up. He gave money. him a Rahahim. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like, bro, when I started talking about this book. On on my podcast, I got this book for for eighty five dollars, right? Pythagorean palaces, and mm-hmm. when I started talking about it on different shows, it went, it's up. It's like four hundred fifty dollars now, I think, because there's like none. I got this free notebook at work. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because usually my people ask me like what they could read, because right, we're we're drawing inspiration from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I like to reference my my material that i'm using my source material so well the good thing with uh, LA, uh, Mon, uh what's his name la, LA marzuli. marzuli marzuli and gary uh is that you can find them on all um different podcasts and they have videos they ha- and they, they have really good breakdowns of stuff too like and they're able to answer a lot of questions steve quail had- too he's got a lot he's on a yeah. lot of stuff too he's another one so you can find those three guys talking about it but if you can get the text it's no, so I'm saying, but get the read. text and the and, mm-hmm. and if you could get the text and then like listen to the podcast of it because gary wayne does answer a lot of questions i thought when we had him on the podcast it was great he had like a lot of answers for everything right we threw everything at him like I didn't even know as much as you knew. No, you didn't throw everything at him, Sean, because you didn't ask oh, him if yeah. they were fake and gay. Because well, you didn't answer that. I asked him if there was black ones. Remember? I was like, was there black nephilim? He literally did. And he was like, yeah, by the way, he's like down here in South America. And I was like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He he was ready for everything, man. Like, I was tr- I was just trying to throw everything because I just have questions. But, no, I think Gary Wayne is phenomenal, man. That's probably one of my favorites. I And I don't know that as much, but. I thought it was cool that he could break it down for someone like me that does had no idea of the subject, and I was able to ask questions, and he was able to answer them. Yeah, that, that says a lot, right? I mean, if Sean, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> he got it. I just messed with you. Hey, yeah, I, hey. did you did you have one more thing to add? I thought you said uh, you had one more. Was two things or no? No, I'd already tied it up right there. So you know. Listen, guys, I had a blast on this, and you know me. Like, if we get into Nephilim, and and Sean always jokes that I'm the uh, Nephilim version of you, Juan, anytime on our show, because I can tie (laughs) Nephilim into any single thing. Like, we would be sitting there talking about Kid Rock, man, and I'm like, well, let me tell you about how the Nephilim tie into Kid Rock. Yeah, and then Juan's going to be like, yeah, remember that little midget Merv or whatever? He's like, that's a homunculus. Exactly, (laughs) bro. So we got to do an episode one day that's like Nephilim versus homunculus like <laughs> that's where we got to go with it i'll be the referee you know what I mean? <laughs> and you guys can go out and be like no 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 the reason why homunculuses are better <laughs> yeah bro it'd be like that you guys remember that show where they would face off two animals oh yeah with like, like a like bear a, gorilla versus a, li- yeah. a lion or whatever it was and they would like make the models and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be like that but yeah, this is fun. I mean, this, again, super interesting. I love it. And hopefully for the next one here that we're going to do, 
we're going to do the zeitgeist. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember being in middle school or something when this came out. Yeah, I think I was in high or just ended high school, I think, whatever. Because I saw it like, that's really, this is the time when Netflix first, like, uh, had oh, their there's three movies now. Mm-hmm. So they got the Zeitgeist, the movie, addendum, right? Because they got they had to fix some stuff. It didn't end in 2012. Sorry, guys. Right? Yeah, Probably, yeah, my bad. We, we got Oops. the math wrong. We got the math wrong. And then moving <laughs> forward, which came out in 2011. Also, these are pretty, still pretty old. 2011, 2008. And then, yeah. Yeah, so this guy stopped making movies. I was like, bro, we did 2012. We did 2021. Yeah. Like, let's just wrap well, it up. We're not supposed to be here. Because we're not even, yeah, we're not, we don't, I don't know. I'm out of numbers, <laughs> That's bro. That's because the calendar's wrong. You heard about those those theories of mm-hmm. the calendar's wrong and that 2012 was really 2019 and uh, all this, like, because oh, really, it's a 13. Really, it's a 13-month calendar, and it was changed in, like, kids' <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Or we could be in a Nephilim reality, bro. This could be a Nephilim. We're in a what Nephilim's if, ass cheeks, Nephilim guys. <laughs> this is a Nephilim's ass cheeks. Make this sure to tune in to the next. <laughs> right? He said, lo and behold, the buns or whatever it was that Enoch yes. said. Bro, Enoch was that dude. Loosen the buns, baby. Loosen the the buns. buns, All right. He and he was the first one to say, "Loosen those butt cheeks." That's right. You heard it first here. Enoch, the Book of Giants. You can check it out on there, and you can pull that quote, guys. This is fun. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, so zeitgeist for the next one. And yeah, you guys want to play anything? Tjojp.com. Find me on there. Love you all. Kill the, Kill the Mockingbirds podcast on Instagram. Uh, check out Joel Thomas' new song, Eat. Check out Sean Chris' new song, Own Nothing, Be Happy, on all music streaming platforms. And follow us on social media sites, Van Tesla Music and Sean Chris Music. Another fun episode. Love you guys, man. Let's get yeah, out of here. had a blast, y'all. Peace. Nice.
fake abolitionist And Abraham Lincoln was black, eh? History's been rebooted more times than Kitty Perry backstage uh, Looking at sedatives, calling it media Wise like an owl, call me bohemian Trust in the science, I ain't obedient What you gon' do? It's time to eat.